If there are things that people are asking you questions about, maybe they're asking you, gosh, how do you get such a good uh, recording sound from your voice when you're recording from home? And if they start asking you questions about it, that is a clue that you've got something that you can teach people and help them with that you might not even realize is valuable or that you could charge for because either for you, it came supernaturally or because you were scrappy and figured it out. And then you just kind of forgot that journey. Welcome to the Being in a Band podcast. I'm your host, Monica Strutt, and I'll be your new band bestie as we deep dive into all things music marketing, branding, PR, and release strategy, as well as the mindset it takes to succeed in today's modern music industry. I know the highs and lows of being a musician, and I've seen far too many of my talented peers give up on their dreams far too early in their careers. After working for years as a musician, professional digital marketer, and music journalist, I now help emerging bands break through the glass ceiling and reach the next level in their careers. Let's do this. What's up and welcome back to the Being in a Band podcast. I'm very excited today, as I am every day that I come on and record on this pod for two reasons. The first is today I just found out some epic news. My band, The Last Martyr, released our single, Hindsight. About a month ago now, we released the video clip around about a month ago and the audio came out a little over a month ago. You know what? I'm going to drop you guys a little uh, sneak peek at the tune if you haven't heard it right about now. out that we got added to spot rotation on Triple J, which is absolutely amazing. So if you're outside of Australia, Triple J are a national youth radio station and they are pretty hardcore taste makers when it comes to up and coming artists. So spot rotation means that the song could be played a couple of times a week to a couple of times a day even. 
even though the song was released over a month ago, as I mentioned, it goes to show that the campaign is still going and there's still life in this tune. And I'm going to record a podcast episode all about gauging traction of your stuff because now that we've gotten this spot rotation, it looks like we're going to push back the release of our next single off the EP, which was due for release in about three weeks. So it looks like we're going to push that back just to, I guess, milk hindsight a little bit more and get a little bit more traction out of it. And yes, that means we're going to have to pull it down off streaming sites, but you know, we lose 30 bucks. So what? It's a lot uh, to gain for only a little bit of effort and only a couple of dollars lost. So I'm going to record a full episode on that because too often I see bands and I've definitely been in this position before too often I see bands launching new music when they haven't really promoted it properly leading up and instead of kind of pulling it down and rejigging the release plan they get worried that because they've already announced a release date of something or because they've posted once about it and, you know, in their mind, they've already kind of locked it in on their schedule that it can't be changed. And being flexible is such an important part of the music industry. So many things happen last minute and pop up out of the blue. I mean, literally, we just got notified this morning that hindsight was being added to spot rotation and there have been so many other cool things that have happened at the last minute with not very much notice. So it's kind of how the music industry works, even working for a label now, you'll be very surprised um, at how last minute um, things can change. And I guess it's just the nature of this industry. So yeah, I'll definitely be recording an episode on that. And the second exciting thing is I'm bringing back on Brie Noble and Katie Zaccardi to the podcast for this episode. And they're going to talk about some of my favorite, favorite topics in the entire world, which are a launching anything from new music to a new paid program or teaching offering if you're a teacher. And secondly, how to monetize your skills and start a business within the music industry. As a lot of you would know, I've recently gone full-time into my business in April and it's been a very long time coming. I have had the business now for three years and I was phasing out the day job last year during COVID and phasing in more and more income from my business. And after taking that leap, you know, I'm sitting here today and I slept in till 11 a.m., 11.30 a.m. My boyfriend and I walked to the local cafe. We got a coffee. I sat down and really grounded myself for the beginning of a new week. I pulled tarot cards and an affirmation card of what to focus on this week. I dove into creating graphics for my band once I found out the exciting news about the Triple J rotation spot. And then I did some work on Maniacs and prepped content uh, for the week with that. So I've had such a beautiful, creative, flowy day. And this is the type of day that I've been dreaming about for 
so freaking long, even before I started my business. Um, it's pretty much all I dreamt about for my entire adult life and actually probably my entire life. So I definitely have to pinch myself sometimes. And I know that there's a lot of people like me who are stuck in day jobs that, or who are stuck in day jobs that they don't particularly like and that aren't fulfilling them and bringing out the best in them. And it may not be something that everyone can relate to. A lot of people can sort of compartmentalize their day job. And once they leave, they don't think about it again. And it's just kind of a way to make income and that suits them. But for myself personally, and perhaps for you listening to this, maybe you are after something more. Maybe you're really looking to make an income out of skills and passions that really, really light you up. And there's absolutely a way that you can do that. So this podcast episode really goes through the step-by-step of how you can figure out your business idea, how you can launch your business. And it is such a fantastic discussion because both Katie and Brie have done the same thing, turning their passion into a full-time business within the music industry. So I cannot think of two better people to discuss this topic with. So before we dive in, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. Make sure you're following me on socials. I'm Monica Strutt everywhere, and I'll leave the links to Katie's socials and Bree's socials down below. Make sure you're following them as well, because they both have amazing podcasts. Brie has a couple of podcasts, so definitely check out the Female Entrepreneur Musician podcast and also the Profitable Musician show. And Katie Zaccardi's podcast is called the out to be podcast. And she's also a host on the daily music business podcast of which I'm a host as well. So I've been working with Katie for quite a while and I've had both of them on the podcast before. So anyway, without further ado, let's dive in to this epic chat with Brie Noble and Katie Zaccardi. What's up? Welcome back to the Being in a Band podcast. I'm joined by two very special guests today, Brie Noble and Katie Zaccardi, who you may be familiar with if you've heard their interviews on the Being in a Band pod before, but I've never had them on together. So I'm very, very excited. Uh, It is just going to be a party. So Katie and Brie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Excited. So if the listeners haven't heard your episode with me before. I would love for you to do just a brief introduction on who you are and what you do, maybe starting with Katie. Sure. So I'm Katie Zaccardi. I am a business coach for musicians, music industry coaches and teachers, helping them grow their businesses and their bank accounts. And uh, I work with musicians at all levels, but what Brie and I are really going to talk to today is musicians who are looking to start to grow and scale their business and increase their streams of income. And that's really my favorite thing to do because it's super exciting to work with uh, women primarily is who I work with, but people in general, musicians in general, to help them go from like starving artists in scarcity to empowered, wealthy musician. Yes, I love that so much. I'm so excited to dive in. Um, So Brie, uh, over to you. Awesome. I'm so excited to be back on the show. Um, I am the founder of The Profitable Musician, and I am a musician as well. 
I have been working with musicians for several years to help them increase their streams of income, to help them find their 1,000 fans, release their music. So I help them do a lot of different things. But one thing I've been focusing on a lot lately, which is why I'm getting together with Katie here, um, is that I love to help musicians find new streams of income that are based around the expertise, experience, knowledge that they already have. Um, And as Katie said, like help them really scale maybe things that they're doing on a smaller, um, you know, with a smaller group or individuals and be able to make that a bigger stream of income to help them have more stability in their business. So I'm really excited to be talking about this today because for me, you know, I run a, a course, a membership, like all kinds of different coaching models in my business. And it has really helped me create stability in my business, as well as um, I've been able to help other musicians do the same thing. So we're excited to talk about this. Yes. And just so you both know, this is actually such perfect timing because I recently have gone officially full-time into my biz. I mean, I was pretty much there last year. Yeah. I was pretty much there last year because my business income was trumping my day job income, which I was kind of just holding on as like a security blanket. Um, But yeah, as of recent, I'm now like full-time, like I have like several different streams of income. Um, so this is just such good timing and it's something I'm so, so passionate about. And I think all musicians who like are approaching music seriously have this entrepreneurial streak um, and you guys obviously help them access that. So very, very excited. Well, so, this is really new because I just had yeah. you on my podcast like two months ago and you hadn't quit your job yet. So that's super exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I felt like I had because I basically wasn't doing any work for my day job anyway. For the- <laughs> <laughs> so I was kind of like manifesting it and speaking as if anyway, because it honestly felt like that. And it's so funny because I was talking to, I was talking to, to someone recently and I thought that it would feel like this crazy, like big leap, like, oh, whoa, like she's so crazy. Um, (laughs) but it didn't at all. It feels like this is like the natural state that I'm meant to be in. And the day job was the weird, like thing that I was just doing for a while, the unnatural component to my life. Mm -hmm. So it it just feels like completely normal. That's amazing. I remember when I was about to quit my job and my boss pulled me into his office and he was like, hey, is everything okay? We noticed you've been like a little off lately. And I was like, I'm going to tell you in two weeks that I'm leaving. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that. (laughs) I didn't actually say that, of course, but it was funny because I was like, oh, this is weird. He's noticed like I obviously had a shift in energy as I'm preparing to like leave and start my business. But doesn't it feel so good when you finally do? It's amazing. Yeah. I had a similar instance in one of my first jobs just before I was about to quit that job. And the CEO came up to me and was like, Hey, you're working late. You know, is everything okay? And I was like, Oh yeah, everything's fine. I was young and I didn't know how to express myself back then. It was a little bit of a different situation, but little did he know I was there late. Cause I was typing my resignation letter. <laughs> Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, So, okay. So just say the listeners listening to this are like us and have that entrepreneurial streak and they're kind of in a job at the moment that they're not happy with and they see what 
you know, the three of us are doing in terms of, you know, structuring our own days, um, having the freedom to tour or to record at the drop of a hat without asking a boss for permission, they want to start looking at bringing in new sources of income to their music business that isn't just from royalties or, you know, streaming or gigs or merch, you know, those typical you know, music income streams that everyone knows about. They want to start, you know, thinking outside the box. Where do you begin? Maybe a brief first. Sure. So I always encourage people to keep their eyes and ears and mind open for questions that people are asking them. I know for me, when I was, you know, a musician, a working musician, and I was building my fan base and I was able to tour and do certain kinds of concerts in venues that were like uncommon. I started having people asking me, well, how are you doing this? How come you don't have to perform at bars? How come, you know, you, where did you find all these other kinds of venues that pay you? How are you showing up for shows that already have an audience? You don't have to bring your own audience. And so I had kind of, you know, done all that out of like necessity, right? Cause I needed to build my career and it took me a while to figure it out. And I didn't realize that this was something I could be helping other people with. And once I started realizing, you know, gosh, it took me a long time to learn how to do this stuff. And I was struggling for a while. Um, I realized it was something that I could then pass on to other people, cut that learning curve for them. I mean, heck, it took me like many years, right, to learn how to do all of that and trial and error. So if there are things that people are asking you questions about, maybe they're asking you, gosh, how do you, um, you know, get such a good uh, recording sound from your voice when you're recording on, a, you know, on a recording from home? Or how do you um, learn how to, you know, get confident in your stage presence or whatever it is? People see you doing something and they're like, man, I wish I could do that like them. And if they start asking you questions about it, that is a clue that you've got something that you can teach people and help them with that you might not even realize is valuable or that you could charge for because either for you, it came supernaturally, um, not supernaturally, it became, it came very naturally to you or because you learned it and, you know, were scrappy and figured it out. And then you just kind of forgot that journey. Sometimes when we get to a point where we're at a new level of knowledge, we forget what it took for us to get there and that not everybody is at that level. So that's kind of where I recommend people start. I'd love to hear what Katie says about that. I totally agree. And I just want to second that this, this idea that a lot of musicians, I think, have it in their heads that it's very much like, this is the path I'm supposed to take. And I remember asking someone once or someone asked me or told me like, I'm trying to grow on YouTube. What do I do? And I was like, well, why? Like, why are you trying to grow on YouTube? What's your, and she said, because that's how I heard you get signed by a label. And I was just like, first of all, no, but second of all, <laughs> why do you want to get signed by a label? And a lot of times artists don't really know. And sometimes they do have a really clear path of what they want. And that's awesome. But sometimes they just feel like they're, they're boxed into a specific um, stream of incomes or path that they're going to take. And so, you know, in see looking like critically at your journey and your career and, and 
asking yourself, where have I really excelled? Or like Bree said, what's come easy to me? This can be a stream of income that, no, it doesn't have to, like, you don't have to pivot to being a full-time coach like the three of us are, but you can still use it as something that you add to your business that's really enjoyable, that comes easy to you because you've mastered it already, and that allows you to have that time and money freedom that you're likely craving as a musician without having to worry about, like, do I have enough fans to get money from streams, you know? Do I have enough fans to buy the amount of merch I need to pay rent, right? Like, things like that, which, yes, are, like, inherent to musicians, can sometimes be hard to really um, make work in your budget, to be honest with you, and the money and the, and the freedom that you're desiring. And so when you start to integrate or think about integrating streams of income that include like coaching or teaching, which is what we're going to talk about today, you're able to actually make more with a smaller audience or make more with less effort, depending on the exact offer that you decide to go forward with. Yeah. And I definitely want to talk about that in a moment because uh, I think the biggest thing starting off is like, of course, everyone has a small-ish audience, unless you're already an established artist, of course, but, you know, for those, you know, listening to this podcast, they have small audiences. So I definitely want to dive into that, but I just wanted to also interject and say, um, I totally agree with you both that that is a great place to start because as you were speaking, I was reflecting on my own journey and that's exactly where I started. I had people in my inbox asking me questions about social media and these were Uh, musicians in my network and musicians I didn't even know sometimes that I wasn't even friends with on Facebook. You know, they saw that I was working for a music magazine, managing their socials. And then all of a sudden, sometimes it happened every single day. And instead of answering the questions, I was like, right, I'm going to make a YouTube video about this. And then once I started making YouTube videos, then you know, a band started approaching me to do some consulting. Um, But it's like, it's so interesting how those clues, when you listen to them kind of appear. So I couldn't agree more. Uh, So, okay. So you're starting to get these clues. You're thinking about the skills that you have and what people are asking you and kind of turning or monetizing those skills. So I get a lot of questions. I've gotten a lot of questions recently as my my partner's actually about to start. Well, he's just started his own business and I've got friends that are wanting to start their own business. They're musicians as well. And I think a lot of people get stuck at where to start. They're kind of at the bottom of the mountain and they're looking up and they're going, website, social media, I need to write a bio. I need an invoicing system. Uh, I need a logo. Oh my gosh. Like what? La, 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 la. Where, where do you start? What's your advice for those looking up at the mountain, Katie? That's such a good question. And you're right. I feel like it's almost like a procrastination technique to be like, oh, let me get my logo. Let me spend three <laughs> weeks de- deciding what my colors are going to be. And that is really not important. It's important, but it's not the most important. And you do not need it to get set up. The real things that you need to start coaching or teaching are an idea and an offer. So you need to figure out what it is that you want to teach, 
who you want to teach it to and the vehicle that you're going to teach it. So are you going to do private coaching, group coaching, you know, membership, course? If you're just getting started, Bri and I tend to recommend one-on-one coaching. We actually have a quiz that'll help you figure out the offer that's the best fit for you. So you can go to katiezacardi.com slash quiz or profitablemusician.com slash quiz, and that'll help you decide based on a couple different factors what is the right offer for you. But once you have those three things, the next step is really announcing it to the world. And so in order to do that, you don't really need a website. You know, you're probably on Instagram or maybe you're on TikTok and hopefully you have an email list, but if not, still no biggie. Pick the social network that you're on right now make a plan to announce it to the world and make a launch plan using the the you know social media assets that you have and you're on your way. Now Bree and I actually teach uh, a launch plan that you should go through because one big mistake that people will make is just sort of like plopping it out there and like making one post like I'm a coach now, please hire me and then like disappearing from the ethers and not actually like warming their audience up effectively launching their offer and whatnot. But like when you do break it down to the bare bones, you need an offer and you need to get your offer out there. And it really doesn't have to be complicated with the website or with any of that other stuff. Now, um, we could teach you how to do all that. And again, it is important, but it doesn't have to be like overthought. Mm. Overthunk. Is that the word? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to go with overthunk. (laughs) I mean, Brie, like, why do you think, that I guess people get so confused, you know, thinking about like, oh, I need a website or I need these things. I mean, aside from the procrastination, like why else do people get caught up with all these small details? Well, I agree with what Katie said about the procrastination and perfectionism being a form of procrastination or like we feel like oh we just don't have enough information so we can't move forward we need to do more research all of that stuff um and I see many people getting stuck in that quagmire of like I don't feel like I have enough information so I can't move forward um but I would say that we tend to think that like no one's going to take us seriously or they're not going to believe that what we have is valuable if we don't have like a fancy logo. I know I thought this in the beginning, like I need to have a, a fancy logo and it needs to look like a corporate corporate and people might, you know, they need to think that I have this big company behind me because otherwise they won't think I'm a professional. And, you know, coming out of the world of musicianship, that's what I thought a business was. (laughs) And so, um, I, you know, that was one reason that I started the female entrepreneur musician podcast is I was like, either people think that, or they don't think that they're a business or an entrepreneur at all as a musician. So there's kind of like those two different, uh, camps And what we want to really be is in the middle there where we're like, okay, we know we need to act like a business. We know we need to think about these things, but we don't want to keep those things from having us move forward. I know when I started my membership, I didn't have anything. I think I had just gotten a logo for my podcast. Like that was it. I literally never, ever created a logo for my, my, um, female musician Academy. Like, I don't actually think I have a logo for that just because it wasn't a top priority. The top priority was, can I create something that helps my audience? Um, can I let them know about it? 
And do I need a logo to do that? No, (laughs) you know, I just, I need to create a relationship with them and I need to give them the information that shows them that what I have is something that can help them. And you don't need a logo to do that. I'll also add that like, it's easy as a musician when you are in like trying to gather up all the info and even just listening to like your podcast or, or my podcast or breeze, you get a slew of guests who are experts in different things saying, here's what you need to do to excel in this area. Here's what you need to do here. So you might be thinking like, but they told me that I need to have this in order to be good at social media or to do this. And like, yes, that might be true, but you also want to boil it down to like, what is your specific goal and intention and what are the results you want? If the result you want is to bring more money in your bank account and effectively get your offer out there, then like having a pristine social media maybe isn't the number one priority. That can be the priority later down the line. Like we can fine tune and we can go there, but it's really just about deciding what are your priorities. And, you know, if you're going to spend time launching something that takes a lot of effort. So you want to really focus in on that. Another form of procrastination that I've noticed comes up when, you know, people are starting their business is particularly when they're thinking about one-to-one coaching, which is, I mean, you've both already mentioned that coaching is like probably the first product that you would launch if you're starting a business because you don't need a big audience because coaching is usually higher ticket and you need to convert less people um, to customers. But one thing I've noticed that repeatedly comes up when I speak to people about this is they ask, do I need a coaching certification? Like how are people going to know that I'm an authority? And I don't have a coaching certification. Neither of the business coaches that I've worked with have a coaching certification and they're making, you know, one of them makes like over a million dollars a year now. What are your thoughts on that? You definitely don't need a coaching certification. I don't yeah. have one. I don't know if you do, Katie, but I don't. Um, I have been in the process of getting a life coaching NLP hypnotherapy certification, mm. but that's not necessarily to like have the credentials so I feel legit. It's because I wanted to learn about those things. Mm. And the, there's no regulations in the coaching industry, not yet no. at least. So we have that to our benefit. It's really about experience. Yeah, I think for me, when I look for coaches, when I have looked for coaches all along my journey, I was always looking for a person that had already achieved the specific results that I was looking to get. So if I want to, you know, make my, um, be able to sing pop music better because I was a classically trained vocalist and I feel like I sound ridiculous when I sing pop music, I am going to go find the person that I love the way that they sing the pop music and I am going to learn from them. Or if I want to write better songs, I'm going to find somebody that, you know, I love their songs. It doesn't matter to me if they have a certification. In fact, you know, I've taken songwriting classes from people that have certifications or are, you know, accredited professors or whatever, but they don't write the kind of songs that I like, you know? So it's all about finding the person that has gotten the results that you want And that is what's going to attract me to them. So if you're starting a program, um, whatever, you know, whether it's a one-on-one group coaching course membership, you are going to be looking to attract those people that want the result that you know that you can create for them. And a lot of times, you know, that's a result that you got yourself and you, you are kind of your own um, customer avatar, as you would say. And so it's, it's really easy to get in touch with 
the kind of people that you want to attract because you might have used to be that person. Hey legend, as you know, there is more to having a successful music career than just releasing great music. Of course, excellent music is the foundation, but when it comes to kicking goals you have within your band, it's important you have the knowledge, practical skills, support, and mindset it takes to be successful. If you've been loving this podcast, the next step for you is the Being in a Band membership. This is my monthly membership for business savvy musicians who know they want to make a career out of music. Each month you'll be delivered a new in-depth masterclass on topics such as release strategy, branding, email marketing, getting bigger shows, streaming, PR, and more. We have workshop days where I can coach you on anything your band needs help with right now. And you'll also get support from myself and the other business savvy members within a private Facebook community. As soon as you join, you'll get access to over 25 hours of up-to-date music industry content that is both fun and designed so you can take action straight away. There is no other music industry resource out there like it. For more info, head to the show notes or monicastrutcom slash membership. Myself and the other members can't wait to see you on the other side. That's monicastrutcom slash membership. Now back to the episode. Okay, so let's talk about all the different income streams that uh, we can add to our businesses. I mean, for those of you listening, you would already be familiar with coaching because that's what I do. I help bands um, to launch their new music and to kind of get the attention of the industry. And coaching is really mentorship, I suppose, with strategy, with mindset. And that's what both, uh, what Brie and Katie do also. So after one-on-one coaching, uh, what are some other income streams that we can add to our business? Yeah. So there's different types of offers that you can create. So one-on-one coaching would be working one-to-one with someone. Basically you're working in a private setting with them. You have calls, maybe Voxer access, something like that. There's also group coaching, which is where you can really simply just get a group of people together and do the same thing that you would be doing in one-on-one coaching, but just in a group setting, which of course saves you time uh, and allows you to make more money by being able to take on more clients. Now, there's also, there starts to become some crossovers in between these offers because, for instance, you can add almost like add a course onto your group coaching. So Brie and I are going to be running a round of Out to Launch, which is going to be a group coaching program with modules. So you'll go through the really, you know, um, the system of how to launch your offer. You'll watch the videos and you'll get coached by us. Um, whereas a course on its own can be self-paced and it's just something that as a coach or as a teacher, you would create, you're going to figure out what your framework is. And Brie can definitely talk more about frameworks. Um, but you'll figure out what your framework is. You'll put it into your course and you can kind of live launch it. But then once people get it in their hands, it's theirs and you don't really have to do much. They can go through it yourself. And then lastly, there's a membership, which memberships, um, can vary, of course, in, in exactly what you get, but generally speaking, it's going to be something that 
your members can join month to month and in you know each month they'll get a training or two maybe they'll get access to you or educational materials essentially they're going to get uh, things that will help them move forward in whatever area you are teaching or coaching on so uh, maybe Brie can share a little bit more about framework but that's like the basic overview and of course uh, like I said a little bit earlier it will vary like where you're at in your career your audience size things like that will matter as to which is going to be the best fit for you yeah so frameworks I love frameworks because it's a way to talk about it's a way to systematize what you teach so, you know, you may be thinking, well, I don't have a framework or I don't have a, a specific way I teach. Well, you probably do if you've been teaching anyone at all um, and you just haven't kind of sat down and formulated it. I know for me, when I came up with my first framework, which was the musician's profit path for my membership to kind of give them a journey of how they would go through building their fan base, uh, I just had to sit down and, and think, okay, how did I go about this in my own experience? And how can I explain this to other people in a way that makes sense and puts things in a certain order that's step-by-step? Step. The big thing with a framework is that it can be very step-by-step step and um, people know, you know what to expect and they're kind of like going through it in a in a, in a format that's, you know, makes sense to them and is able, they're able to see like themselves progress. So that is, you can have a framework in anything that you're doing. You could have a framework in one-on-one -on -one coaching. A lot of times people, when they first start out, they are just kind of feeling their way around their framework, you know, testing it out with different students, getting, getting it all formulated into kind of a, a you know, a streamlined way of thinking. Um, so if you don't have a framework, that's okay. Um, that's something that you can develop over time. But one thing about courses is it's really great to have a framework because then people have a beginning and an end and they know um, what to expect. They got everything step by step and you lead them down a path that takes them to a specific transformation point that they're hoping to get at the end of the course. Awesome. Okay. So people have their, so you've got your idea for what you want to teach you realize that you don't need all these like fancy websites you don't need a coaching certification you just you know are reflecting on your experience and reflecting on the framework of how you got to the place that you've gotten to so how do you launch something what a loaded question <laughs> <laughs> it's a biggie and you know what? Actually, one thing I want to say before we move forward, I feel like a moral obligation to say you don't need a coaching certification, but if you're thinking teaching something like voice, like if you're wanting to teach voice lessons, that's where I and I know Brie, we start to get a little like, make sure you are properly qualified to do that because it is a human instrument. You don't want to ruin anyone's voice. Yeah. But anything health that, related, I would say. Yes. is like, Yeah. <laughs> yes. If you're going to be like a personal trainer that trains like musicians exactly. to like rock music yeah maybe get like a certification for that yeah anything that could like impact someone's like physical or mental exactly. <laughs> health, I suppose yeah yes exactly okay so how do you launch well there's really three phases to this and this is something that um Brie and I are actually going to be going over in our free challenge coming up in June but you want to make sure that like we've talked about you're creating the right offer and that goes a little bit deeper than just having the idea because you do want to go through the phases of validating your offer and doing the market research. 
Then you want to warm up your audience. So before you actually put your offer out there, you want to spend some time on social media with your email list, warming up your audience to your offer. So being able to let them know it's coming, breadcrumb it, as well as putting content out there that actually gets them engaged, learning, and and interested in the topic that you're ultimately going to be uh, teaching or coaching on. And then when it comes to launching, uh, there's... A part to this where we recommend doing a pre-launch event, like a webinar or free challenge, which will kick off the launch. And once you're there, it is all about selling and sales mindset and sales strategy and confidently showing up to promote your offer. So that's the broad overview of what the launch process looks like. Yeah. And the cool thing about that process is if you do all the marketing stuff right, if you're really dialing in your pre-launch and connecting with your audience, make sure you, you know, know that, you know, who the right people are for your offer and how to connect with them. Then when you get to the selling part, that is like way low st- stress. Cause I know a lot of musicians are like, Oh, selling. No, no, I don't like that. I don't like to do that. You know, I have many musicians that I work with that they don't even like to talk about their merch table because they're so uncomfortable about selling. Yeah. But the good news is if you do the launch, the pre-launch and the launch, right. The actual selling part is easy peasy. Cause it's just like, this is the transformation I can offer you. Are you the right fit or not? Yeah. I mean, selling's just telling your audience that something is available that can solve the problem that they're having. It's like once I flipped my mindset to think about selling in that way, it really, really helped because I know that, you know, Katie and I spoke when, um, when you were on the pod about, you know, how to sell without being salesy and sleazy and being like, and I think that like, there's so many examples that we see probably, and you guys probably see every single day out there of like, you know, bands and musicians selling the entire wrong way and trying to, you know, push their vinyls onto an audience that's never heard of them through Facebook ads or, mm, own, or yeah. like selling a hundred percent of the time on socials. Oh man, I hate or that not so selling. much. Or not selling. I mean, I, that's just as bad. I saw a TikTok today where some girl was like, Hey, musicians, I really love to wear band merch. I almost exclusively wear band merch. I love musicians. But here's the thing. You guys are not talking about it at all. And then when it's Bandcamp Friday, you come out and you say, oh, it's Bandcamp Friday. Go buy my merch. And you don't even post the picture of your merch. So I'm left to go sift through all of your Bandcamp links and then decide what I want. And her point was like, could you guys just post a photo? And I actually have a stitch that I'm going to post of it. Probably it'll be up by the time this video or this podcast is out. But it's like, it's actually so much more than just posting the photo. Like you should be wearing your merch, promoting it consistently, talking about it. Like that is really having a confident sales strategy as an example uh, in the context of merch. And it goes so far beyond just like the little things, but you'd think the little things were self-explanatory. Apparently they're not. Yeah. My, I, I saw like, I've seen bands recently just posting, Hey, we've got new music out and they have this beautiful graphic, like frankly, that they're posting, but then there's like no links. And I know that, you know, Facebook kind of doesn't like when you direct people off it, off its platform, but you can obviously spot, not obviously, but you can just sponsor the post and get around it, but there's no links, not in the body, not in the comments. Um, and you know, that, that girl that you talked about, she's, she's a rarity. Like most people, the like 99.99999% of your audience will not be bothered to like sift through and 
make that effort to Google your merch site uh, in order to find what you have for sale. Um, Yeah, yeah, that's just not going to happen. And the the moral of the story here is that you want to make selling really easy for your potential client or student. And that means that this is why the pre-work before you actually go to say carts open or apply now, it is so important because you want to make sure your audience is warmed up. They're starting to know about the offer before it's even available. And by the time you do launch, you're really, really clear as to like what it is, who it's for. And the people who are an ideal client for that offer are already thinking in their heads that they might want to get in on this. Yeah, absolutely. And what I love, so, you know, if you haven't already picked up on it, um, Katie and Brie are launching a group coaching program called Out to Launch uh, that teaches all this stuff in in depth and will take you through step-by-step of how to actually add more revenue streams uh, to your music business. Um, So uh, that's a very exciting. um, And what's cool is this is your pre-work. So as you are about to teach this in a more formal setting, I mean, we can kind of track what you guys are doing in terms of promotion for your course that teaches how to launch it's very meta isn't it yeah it's like showing what they need to be doing when they're doing it so exactly so you're doing the pre-work now by like coming on podcasts including the being in a band pod and you're about to do a um a free training so Bree, can you tell us about the free training that um, we can sign up for Yeah, it's going to be a free challenge. We'll have a private Facebook group. We'll both be teaching in there every day. It's a three-day challenge. And we're going to be taking you through the steps of launching your your offer. So, you know, like Katie said earlier, figuring out how what your offer is, uh, what the best offer is for you. And and just a reminder, you can take our quiz that we created as kind of like a pre-pre-launch thing. Um, to help you feel super confident when you come into the challenge, knowing exactly what the best offer is for you based upon your interests, your audience, um, your goals, all of that stuff. Um, And then we're going to take you through um, how to get your audience ready and then the actual launching part. So it's going to be super fun, super interactive. You get both of us as coaches, which I think is super cool. I don't think I've been in a program like this where I got two coaches. So um, it's great because, you know, we, we have different perspectives. We've done yeah. similar things, yet different things. We're from different generations. Like it's, it's cool. <laughs> I really like that we have, you know, a really all encompassing kind of experience with two coaches. Yeah. And I'll leave the quiz link down below as well as how you can sign up for that free challenge. Uh, who, who is this for? Great question. Well, it's really for any musician who is looking to start to branch into coaching or teaching, or even for people who already have started to coach or are music teachers. Um, and you know, you're, you maybe have a couple clients or you've tried to start to get your offer out there and you really want to have a sold out launch that gets you results and you want to learn how to do it the right way. Instead of being in this cycle of like, you know, constantly creating a new offer and then trying to launch it and it doesn't go well. And then you create a new offer and you launch it and it doesn't go well. And that's just like a cycle of not really getting, not getting the results that you need. Um, 
or simply just knowing like I'm doing this for the first time and I want to do it right. So whether you're like brand spanking new or you you're you've done it before and you're you have a business but you want to learn how to really like take your launches to the next level, this is for you. Amazing. And lastly before we go, I would love to touch on scaling. Um, because I think that this is something that you both do really well, um, is scaling your, your businesses. So, you know, the reason why I think this is such a good topic to kind of end on today is I think that, uh, you both are such an incredible example of what is possible. Um, so if you could, yeah, tell me like, how do you go about, and when I talk about scaling, uh, just in case you haven't heard that term before, basically it just means expanding, growing your business, making more money and making a bigger impact, but not necessarily have it draining more of your time. Um, so Brie, like how, how do you do that? Yeah. I mean, the best thing that you can do is get a solid launch plan down and run through it once. That's why in our program, we're going to run them all the way through their launch because once you know how that went, and even if it was small, you know, you'll have an idea of your numbers, which to me is the key to scaling, knowing what your numbers are as far as how many people you you got into your launch, how many people converted. Um, and then from there, you can scale knowing that generally you just, you know, expand the number of people that you get in, and then you get more people into your program. So, just based upon those original numbers that you create, you can make your launches bigger and bigger. Also for me, a big thing that I will be talking about as well um, is with partnerships and collabs like we're doing right now. Um, I have had so many partnerships and collabs over the years that have helped me grow my audience. And, um, you know, that's a way beyond like doing, you can always do paid ads, right? But if you don't want to invest that money, if you're feeling a little uncomfortable about that, one of the best ways that you can scale is by partnering up with other people and um, either going on their podcasts or, you know, uh, doing like joint ventures with them or just even just expanding your sphere of influence with different people that um, can maybe get the word out for what you're doing and you can do the same for them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there's also, you know, a lot of people will make the mistake of like, oh, I'm going to just number one, start out with a course. Number two, start out with a course and try to launch it with ads instead of actually getting that proof first off the bat that like you can launch it um, grassroots, you know, without any paid ads and you can get people to join and they can get results. And that is really important right off the bat to kind of do it right the first time, because that's also going to inform how you then scale and, and automate. Um, and interestingly enough, you can then start to scale by introducing other offers. Like Brie has her membership, which allows her to kind of like pool all of her clients together and have a lot more time on her hands so she can grow her business in that way. I scaled um, more so by doing like higher level group coaching programs. So I needed less clients, but I would charge more because it was like a high level mastermind, right? So there's different ways you can go about uh, growing your business, operating in your business. And it, it's just going to depend on your preferences, your audience on all of those things. But that makes it really fun to figure out, all right, let me like have this launch go really well. Let me work really hard on it. 
see how it goes, take the data, and then move on for there to decide, like, how do you want to do it next time? What's the next offer you want to integrate? That Those kinds of things. Yeah. And for the record, I barely did any ads when I started out, like, barely any, if, if any. I still don't. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I still don't really either. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like go into it a little bit um, now. Uh, but yes, you don't need, like, honestly, you just do not need a lot of money to start a business. Like you need free Google suite so you can plan out your, whatever you're planning. And I'm sure, um, you know, you both uh, are going to teach, you know, the bare essentials that you need to start any business. And it is lean. It is not much at all. So Katie and Brie, thank you so, so much for coming on the Being in a Band podcast. I wanted to end, actually, I've got one last thing. I thought it'd be super cute if we all go around and say, what is the best thing about working for yourself? Oh my gosh. Um, uh, (laughs) To me, it's all about the, it's all about the time freedom. Like I have the weirdest working time. Katie can attest to this because we're on like a different time zones by three hours. And it's like, we almost work the same time. (laughs) I I feel like you work earlier than me. I I get up at 4am because that's when my body wakes up. Right. But you can't like, I mean, you could, but it'd be weird if you went into an office at 4am and you (laughs) tried to work that out with your boss. Like I'm going to leave it you know, two, cause I'm tired by then, you know, so I love that I can do that. I can work around my kids schedule, which has all been crazy because of, you know, COVID and online school and regular school switching out. And, and now, you know, I'm moving in a week and I can just completely take off a week and just be like, I'm moving and I'm not doing any work this week. So that's what I love about it. Ditto to that. Like today my dog turned one year old and I literally just took a hour break in the middle of the day to go buy him birthday treats. So (laughs) Ziggy, happy birthday. (laughs) Happy birthday, Ziggy. There will be photos on Instagram. You guys can all look at it. Ziggy Z the Cavapoo on Instagram. Oh my God. I didn't realize Um, he had his own. uh, (laughs) But what's actually funny is for me, I feel like I also had like when I was working full-time I had daily migraines a ton of anxiety so much like allergies and so many issues like really so many health issues that to be totally honest with you once I quit my job and started working for myself a lot of those resolved and my full-time job was a good job I liked the people I didn't I wasn't really stressed at it but Something about being able to like control your life and being able to, you know, take breaks and organize your schedule in a way that works for you, like Brie was saying, it really does take, now now listen, there's an added stress that comes with managing your own business, but in a lot of ways, it just allows you to operate more in a way that works for you. And that added happiness and reduced stress from the job, like it improved my quality of life so, so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with you both, but only for the sake of adding something different other than having control over my time. Um, And yeah, you're right. Like just what Brie was saying, we all work on different body clocks and I'm not a morning person. Going to a job at 9am never worked for me. Um, I am definitely a night owl. Um, So yeah, but but to, you know, say something that hasn't already been said, I would say waking up every day and having the ability to create and thinking to myself, what do I want to create today? Uh, Whether that be music, whether that be, you know, I really enjoy creating like graphics for like my biz or for my band or whatever. So just having that flexibility of being like, 
sometimes I th- I'll wake up and be like, oh shit, like I need to record a podcast today. And then I'll be like, oh crap, like I haven't released, I didn't release a podcast last week. I've definitely got to do it today. And then I was like, I'm like, wait, I get to record a podcast today. That is literally what is stressing me out right now. And I'm like, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> like relax. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you both again. I appreciate it. And once again, I will leave all the links down below to the free challenge and uh, definitely we'll keep an eye out for the out to launch course because um, it's definitely something to look into if you're wanting the freedom lifestyle also. Thanks, Monica. Thanks for listening to the Being in a Band podcast. If you liked this episode, please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an upload. And if you really liked the episode, make sure you leave me a five-star review. If you aren't a member already, come and join my free Facebook group, Music Marketing and Mindset for heavy bands and musicians. It's a business savvy community of musicians just like you. If you want to work together, all the details are available at monicastrut.com and I'll catch you next time. Bye.